The wedding of Kurt Vonnegut's parents, Edith Sophia Lieber and Kurt Vonnegut Sr. on November 22, 1913 in Indianapolis, Indiana, was spectacular. Edith's father, Albert, owner of a giant brewery who reveled in his reputation as one of the richest men in the city, threw a gargantuan reception at the Claypool Hotel at the northwest corner of Washington and Illinois streets, reputed to be the finest hotel in the Midwest. There were 600 guests, and those not chauffeured in automobiles arrived in horse-drawn carriages with jingling brass harnesses. An entire generation of rich Edwardians, silk-hatted or covered demurely by parasols, many of whom had been raised in Indianapolis's mansions on Meridian Street. Albert Lieber knew what his guests expected, and he did not disappoint. There was a 60-foot bar, choice meats, champagne, and dancing to an orchestra in the ballroom lasting until six in the morning. And, to the satisfaction of some guests, there was plenty of gossip to go around, too. The bride had graduated from Miss Shipley's finishing school in Bryn Mawr outside Philadelphia in time to come out for the 1908 season in London. Her first serious suitor, Kenneth Dalton, whose family owned the world-famous Royal Dalton Porcelain Works, had proposed. He said his father would buy them a house in Mayfair, hinting that they could live very well if her father would settle a good-sized dowry on her but she suspected he was an upper-class idler who wanted a sinecure and not the responsibility of inheriting a giant brewery in Indianapolis. She broke off the engagement. Then she had crossed the English Channel to live in her grandfather Peter Lieber's castle in Dusseldorf. There she caught the eyes of two German cavalry officers who competed for her affection. She had become engaged to the higher-ranking one, a captain, a Prussian, Otto Fucht whose saber, boots, and brass buttons looked dashing. Unfortunately, like the English gentleman who had preceded him, he had no interest in the Lieber family brewery either. She ended that engagement, too. So she had retreated home to her father's estate, Velamata, outside Indianapolis, where he built for her a cottage on a bluff overlooking the White River and furnished it according to her tastes, with a fireplace and a grand piano in the living room. Many days she spent hours strolling around the grounds alone. No one recalled exactly how the groom, Kurt Vonnegut Sr., came on the scene romantically, but he and Edith, four years his junior, had known each other since childhood. Both families belonged to Indianapolis's coterie of wealthy German-Americans who gravitated to Das Deutsche Haus, the city's German cultural center. Money and the suitability of the young couple were on the minds of both families, naturally. Kurt Sr., a promising second-generation Indianapolis architect, already had the imprimatur of older successful men in the city who had invited him to join the exclusive university club. He was a graduate of Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, with a degree in architecture and had completed postgraduate work at Hanover Polytechnic in Germany, just like his father, Bernard. Two years after his father's death in 1908, Kurt Sr. had returned from abroad and joined his father's architectural firm, Vonnegut and Bone, as a partner. He was short, blue-eyed, and fair with blonde curly hair and long, thin fingers. His bride was a lovely woman with auburn hair, a fair complexion, and blue-green eyes. 
They had made a handsome couple at the altar of the First Unitarian Church, according to family members, the only ones invited to attend the actual ceremony. Apparently, the Unitarian Church had been chosen because the Vonnegut's had been free thinkers for generations, and the Liebers were Protestants. It was common ground. The reception at the Claypool Hotel was the finishing touch to the combining of two elite families. Under the weight of millionaire Albert Lieber's inexhaustible largesse in the way of food and drink, all the propriety of Indianapolis's upper crust crumbled. Never before or since have so many otherwise respectable and thoroughly conservative citizens of the dull community passed out in so short time, said a family historian. Dozens of guests were still recuperating in reserved rooms two days later.